The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. Rainmaker FM. And welcome to another special edition of The Writer Files, we traditionally call writer porn. And this week, the writer, educator, and co-founder of Prolifico, Beck Evans, stopped by to chat with me about writer personality types, productivity secrets, and understanding your writing psychology. Beck's the co-founder of Prolifico, a new digital coach aimed at helping writers beat writer's block and find writing routines that work best for them. It's been called the Fitbit for Writers by the Times of London. Prolifico, set to launch in April 2018, is a system based on neuroscience and psychology designed to help writers reflect on and improve their productivity with a small steps methodology. Ms. Evans has worked with thousands of writers throughout her career and used to run the Ted Hughes Center for Writing, an international writing school in the UK, home to the late poet laureate Ted Hughes. She writes about productivity, writing habits and routines, and is currently working on a book about innovation. In part one of this file, Beck and I discuss how simple psychology, persuasive technology, and a dash of neuroscience can help writers understand their process, why small behavior and habit changes can have such a big impact, what your ideal writing routine says about your productivity type, the pros and cons of daily versus binge writing, why writers can't wait for inspiration, and the psychology of good writing. The Writer Files is brought to you by the all-new Studio Press Sites, a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of WordPress. It's perfect for authors, bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those selling physical products, digital downloads, and membership programs. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. Go to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress now. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. And if you're a fan of the writer files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. All right, we are rolling once again. Welcome back to the writer files. And this is another special edition of the show. I have a fantastic guest uh, joining me today, writer, Beck Evans, uh, co-founder of Prolifico, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> um, you are. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on today um, to 
geek out with me a little bit and chat about uh, the writing life and uh, productivity. I'm excited to talk to you about it. <laughs> yeah, so maybe for just to start out for listeners who might not be familiar with you, before we talk a little bit about Prolifico, let's talk a little bit about some of the work that you've done with writers and across the, the um, span of your career. I understand that you uh, used to run kind of a center for writers. So maybe talk a little bit about that and, and maybe where your career kind of started with writers and whatnot. Yeah, well, my career has always been around writers from a first job in a bookshop to a career in publishing. And as you said, running a writer center, um, and it was Ted Hughes who was the poet laureate in England. He was married to Sylvia Plath and he had this grand old house in Yorkshire. Hmm. And we used to run uh, writing courses every week. So you would have writers come each week across a whole range of different writing styles from poetry, script writing to novels and nonfiction. And it was just fascinating working really closely with writers and seeing where they struggle and what what blocks they came across. Um, and that's what got me started on Prolifico, um, because what I found was that, that when writers get stuck, it's not really around their ability or their ideas. It's often around their psychology. And I was really fascinated by how writers become productive, how they build successful writing routines that helps them start and finish their writing projects. And for the past few years, I've been working on Prolifico with the team to sort of research and look into how technology can help writers. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I definitely love that idea of technology um, helping writers to overcome whatever. And as you mentioned, kind of the, the psychology piece, I think I agree is absolutely a huge, huge part of you know, uh, the writing process. And obviously you met, you've mentioned neuroscience quite a bit and, uh, looked into that. So maybe, yeah, talk a little bit about this, um, fantastic idea, which hasn't launched yet. We'll mention, but Prolifico, um, is a digital, uh, coach to help writers to beat writing blo writer's block and to kind of help them find a routine, right? It is. It's exactly that. So it focuses on helping writers coach themselves and understand their own psychology because we're all super busy and people often feel they can't find the time to write. And what it helps them do is break down that big, scary writing goal into small practical steps, schedule the time and um, build a system of accountability with sorts of nudges and helps them see the progress. So it keeps them feeling positive about their writing. Um, and that keeps them motivated and keeps them going. And it's that's the kind of the crux of what what habits are all about. I love that. And so so kind of the science of behavior change and habits is what you're talking about. And that methodology that you've developed is designed to really just kind of make it less scary <laughs> it is it's exactly it's exactly that and um people get really freaked out and scared by the so many people have the dream to write but when they start to to make progress on it or or to t make that into tangible steps they really really struggle so i think writer's block 
you know, it exists and it exists for, you know, experienced writers as well who get knocked off on track. Um, and it is, it's just all about simple psychology and persuasive technology. People often call us sort of Fitbit for writers. Yeah. And over the years, we've been testing all sorts of little little systems and little approaches to see what's most effective and that's what we're working on at the moment pulling it all together into one platform which will be an intelligent writing coach that's cool that's cool so uh, it's kind of the best of all worlds for writers because for especially probably for writers who, as you mentioned, don't have benefactors or, you know, uh, <laughs> grants and just endless amounts of time to sit in cafes and write, something like this probably can get them on track relatively quickly, I would imagine, as opposed to necessarily having to um, go to a writer's workshop or physically um, take the time you know, to kind of connect with their community. I, I love the idea of being able to just access something that would light a fire, you know, just light a fire under you quickly, <laughs> I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just um, sort of hobby writers. Often you imagine that someone who wants to write a novel, it's a, it's a dream and it's an idea and it might not happen. We find professional writers really struggle as well. And we've done quite a lot of research with uh, academics and writing for academics is absolutely essential to their career, but they are so busy with teaching and researching and admin. It's one of the things, or it's probably the main thing that gets pushed aside, even though that's the one thing that often their career gets measured on. And a lot of the research on writing productivity has been done with academics, and they are an absolutely fascinating group. Definitely. And uh, yeah, I think probably writers forget you know how, just how many different disciplines there are out there and you know we all probably are just in our maybe our little filter bubbles be it you know fictionists or online content creators copywriters but academics yeah and I've, I've spoken with quite a few academics who you know they run up against that the same kind of that wall, you know, where they're having trouble kicking it into gear. So that's cool. So you've done some research on the different writing personalities. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, what, what we were really interested in is um, how people schedule the time to write and what an ideal writing routine would look like to them. And if you kind of go back to the research on writing productivity, it often talks about the most productive way to write is to write uh, daily, to have a daily habit, um, often to do it at the same time, the same place, usually in the morning before you're tired or the rest of the day gets in the way. And the kind of lives that we lead now, that's almost impossible. Yeah. And what I've found with writers, it makes them feel really bad when they hear, you know, you can read an article or, you know, a, a blog talking about, you know, how to build a daily habit. And these are things you must do. And m most times it makes people feel bad that they're falling short. Right. And I believe it's really important that that writers feel really good about their writing because that's what keeps them writing. But they also figure out what their personal routine looks like. So we just... Um, 
we always ask people questions and run questionnaires. And the one we're just running recently at the moment is just getting people to pick what their ideal schedule is. And we just gave people four options, just saying, with everything that's going on in your life now, what would your ideal writing routine look like? And um, what's interesting is people didn't pick the daily habit. The top, the top item with over 40% of people picking is um, what we call a binge writer, mm-hmm. where you don't actually write for days, if not weeks, and then have a very hyperproductive period of time. And I think that sort of speaks volumes about the world we live in and how distracted it is and how hard it is to find time for deep work and deep thinking and pushing activities like writing to the edges or only allowing five minutes each day isn't enough for people to make progress. Yeah, absolutely. I just flashed on something I'd read about called hypergraphia. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the binge writing thing reminded me of that, but I think that's a uh, actually a mental disorder. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so binge. Well, no, I was just I was just going to say with binge writing again. If you go back to research on it, it was always considered really really bad, and often you compared. Um, there's um, a researcher who was working in the 80s 90s called Dr. Robert Boyce, and he he studied writing productivity, and he always compared. Um, daily regular schedules people who just write every single day with people who binge write and he found that on all measures of success the daily habit wins the only one that the um the binge writer scored more highly on was was depression because it was very much seen (laughs) as uh, people rushing to meet deadlines in a panic whereas i think we need to kind of take ownership of binge writing and kind of say with with pride that actually i'm really busy but i am preparing myself to have a scheduled binge on my writing i'm going to mm-hmm. go away on a writers retreat for a weekend for you know every one weekend every single month and i think you you can be productive but you need to you need to plan it so it's not that panicky last minute deadline driven uh form of yeah hypergraphia (laughs) (laughs) right right that's interesting um yeah you know i've spoken with a lot of writers who say that you know writers can't necessarily wait for inspiration um i just i was just speaking with uh the creator of lore who uh, does a spoken word historical podcast and he's writing the script each week. And then uh, also the script has been turned into a TV show and a book and it's like multiple uh, branches of this tree, but it all, it all stems from writing. And he said, you know, the busier he got, the more successful he got, you know, the less time he had really to write. And so just sitting down and getting started was the big hurdle and how how long does it really take to get started you know productivity experts talk about you know really only needing two minutes and then once you've got a little momentum going for you the rest kind of falls into place right absolutely and i think i think this applies to all writers however frequently you write is that when you sit down to write you write and scheduling seems to be really really core to this people kind of call it time blocking now and it could be that you're you are able to write every single day and you've got that in your schedule it could be that across a week you identify three or four spots at 
different times of the day within your calendar to write or you do that kind of more classic binge writing where it might not be for two weeks but then you know you've got that time but for all those writers they need to to show up and to start writing there's no waiting around for the muse there's no kind of whatever gets you going just you know you, you get going straight away yeah so many so many prolific novelists and and writers say you can't wait for inspiration um and the and then you, you know like your least inspired days often produce equally as good uh writing as your most inspired times i thought i always find that that idea interesting but, it, it's i was going to say it's it's so true because particularly if you're writing something long form that might take you days or months or even years to write when you look back at it you cannot tell the difference in those paragraphs between what was written on a day where every word was like you know getting blood out of a stone and those days where you could just sit down and you know get thousands of words down you you, you can't tell that in the reading yeah yeah you can't edit a blank page i think uh <laughs> was a uh, a Jody Picoult quote that that an author recently shared with me. Oh, the the whole quote is you might not write well every day, but you can always edit a bad page. You can't edit a blank page. Um so going back to Robert Boyce and his work, he was a psychologist, right? Yes. And he had a very simple methodology. Oliver Berkman wrote about it in his great article that uh your co-founder sent over to me before the interview what's the secret of good writing i thought that was a funny his funny tech berkman is hilarious by the way he is yeah his dry um sardonic rather sardonic humor uh but i'll link to that great article about robert boyce's book how writers journey to comfort and fluency rather interesting title there um but his thing was really exactly what you're talking about right it is it's it's I, I think what Boyce was so brilliant I mean it's all based in research and psychology so it's it's just so rigorous but it's it's simple processes he compared different types of writers with different types of schedules and then monitored and measured them in the same way and it's very much that you know you have regular sessions that work within your calendar however that fits um and the they they start quite small and i think that's the other thing around the kind of the neuroscience is not kind of freaking out your amygdala with these big scary goals it's right. kind of like actually we'll just sit down and i'm going to be clear about what you're going to do in that writing session and sometimes when you get started if you're applying um so bj fogg at the stanford behavior lab has his fascinating research around tiny habits and that you just start with the smallest simplest thing and then you build up from there and that's how habits habits build and that's how you know with with books they start with the first word with the first sentence and they build up over time absolutely i quoted uh in a piece i wrote about writer's block recently had just quoted austin cleon who was a guest on this show and he, his quote was, writing a page each day doesn't seem like much, but do it for 365 days and you have enough to fill a novel. You do it your whole life and you have a career. And um, obviously, I mean, that's just kind of what we're talking about. Getting started and breaking down that infinite blank space into very manageable um, pieces that I think 
from kind of the neuroscience perspective helps your brain to overcome what I think you were talking about earlier, which is kind of that avoidance mode where it's, it's as if, you know, I can see writers getting into or having issues, especially with, as you mentioned, kind of feeling bad about not getting the words down regularly or um, maybe starting something that just seems, I don't know, NaNoWriMo, for instance, seems like it could produce equally ecstatic feelings, but also equally really depressive <laughs> moments if you aren't, you know, if you, if you fall off. Thanks so much for joining us for this half of a tour of the writer's process. If you enjoy the writer files, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. And for more episodes or just to leave a comment or a question, you can always drop by writerfiles.fm and chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Bye.